Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're doing something that we've never done before on this podcast. Today we're doing a triple feature. Um, if you listened to last week's episode, Ryan proposed doing a DreamWorks animated film. To which I said, if I'm watching that, you're watching this. And then Devin's like, I want to play too. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair summary of what happened, right? Like, how this, yeah, it's yeah, exactly how It that was happened. so long ago and the days are just blurring together. So this is our first episode we've done on Zoom. Everyone else yeah. is, we, we just spent a half hour playing with it because Ryan didn't know about virtual backgrounds. They're so, wonderful. I um, I don't do video conferencing for my job, so I've never like <laughs> I haven't had to do this. We yet. have nothing but Tiger King backgrounds at my job. It's it's all of us with Joe Exotic over all of our shoulders. It's wonderful. Nice. <laughs> all right, so today we're gonna do a triple feature on DreamWorks animated films. Uh, Ryan's choice was Turbo. Yes. Mm-hmm. My choice was The Boss Baby. Yep. And then Devin had us watch Megamind. Yeah, I did. So what we're going to do is we're going to just spend a little bit on each film and then talk about them as a whole and compare and contrast and then uh, say which one we hated the most. Uh, (laughs) So, Ryan, since this is technically your week, your episode, and you're the one who started this whole thing, do you want to talk a little bit about Turbo? Yeah, sure. I would hope so. I was really, I was really worried to be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> My name is Turbo. Yeah! I just want to go a little faster. He's going the distance. He's going for... Yes! 17 minutes! That's a new record! You're a snail! Quit it with the speed stuff. <sighs> Start living your life! Morning, Phil! Morning! I have a life. Okay, so Turbo is a DreamWorks, obviously, a a DreamWorks animated film made in 2013. Um, It has a cast that a lot of people overlook, which is one of the reasons why I picked uh, for the guys to do it this week. But the movie's pretty much centered around a snail that feels that he is different and he embraces that. And through a series of weird accidents become supercharged and befriends a human who gets him in who gets him from california to uh indy uh to be part of the indy 500 and normal animated animal hijinks ensue so that's pretty much a basic description okay so when was the first time you watched this Ooh, uh probably 2015 2016 it was the first time it was on netflix because it was okay. a movie that i completely overlooked because it looked horrible it looked cheesy uh, it was about a snail that went fast like dreamworks is like the uh stepchild to pixar so rarely do i pick up on anything that's dreamworks animated re- related recently um but I was really impressed. I really didn't think that they were going to pull the jokes that they did. I really didn't expect the um, the adult humor in it. I wasn't expecting the overall story to be what it was. And I really connected with the main character of Turbo. And I've wa- I watch it probably about once every three months, just on a whim. 
Okay. Devin, what did you think of Turbo? So I'm kind of with Ryan in some regards where I didn't really uh, give uh, give DreamWorks too much credit when it comes to a lot. Like I enjoyed Shrek in a pretty non-ironic way for a while and then it turned ironic. Um, <laughs> and then, I, you know, I've seen a couple of the DreamWorks movies and they're just fine. Like what they did Shark's Tale or something. Yeah. So whenever yeah. like a, whenever like a new DreamWorks movie comes out, I go neat and then ignore it. <laughs> um, and doubly so one that like, oh, it's about a snail that goes fast. Got it. But I actually really enjoyed this movie. Like, yes! <laughs> it was, It was like, there were a couple times in it that I was like, this is, like, Pixar quality, which is, like, kind of big for me. And I want to get into specifically why I like this movie, because I think I might like it for different reasons than you guys. But I really had a really good time watching this movie and would totally watch it again. Uh, I did not like Turbo. Um, do tell. So the one thing that I noticed doing this, uh, my mic is being weird again. Uh, one thing I noticed about turbo is the whole idea of the film boils down to, and I think this can be said about a lot of Pixar or not Pixar. I think this can be said about a lot of DreamWorks movies. They boil down to a log line idea. Yeah. Log line idea for this one is what if a snail won at the Indy 500? Or was in the Indy 500. And it's an interesting idea. It just didn't crap. It didn't grab me. I didn't. I found it hard to be engaged. I a lot of the cast is just kind of phoning it in. You feel like they're just I felt like they were just all there for the paycheck. Oh, Um, and I I have notes. Um, I I kind of like the end. I kind of, I kind of felt like Paul Giamatti like the whole time like why why are we doing this like I I I, I gave it a shot I didn't I I had low expectations going in and then I left them as well so where did it lose you um okay so it lost me when he got his abilities and they pretty much shot for shot did the spider-man origin with the dna and like going in and like i've seen that so many other times in so many other movies is it just kind of felt like a ripoff and i know it's an homage but it didn't come across as an homage it just felt like they copied and pasted okay do you think you would have been more annoyed by it if they hadn't shown the way that the uh the way that the nitrous infected his d uh infected his makeup Uh, no, see, I think this goes down to like, I'm not a huge racing fan. Like the whole NASCAR thing. I just didn't care about like at one point, like not knowing enough about this movie, I thought it was going to, when he was on the engine of the car in the, the LA river for their drag race, I thought it was going to be Ratatouille with cars. Like he was just going to control the car somehow with magic abilities that they, and he was like the hood ornament, but controlling it. Yeah. I thought that's where they were going with it. And I think that would have been a, more believable movie. I think the I think the whole thing is like it's so far fetched that I had a hard time becoming engaged with it. It's like no one will be like, okay, the the snails can talk, and this one can go a hundred miles per hour, but he can't talk to the people. Like it, like the taco guy's talking to him. Like I think like, if we're gonna go this far out, he might as well just be able to talk back because he can go that fast. 
Okay, I'm gonna piggyback. I'm gonna piggyback off your point for one sec. Okay, so the whole like the animal characters can talk to each other but not the person. Totally like, I mean like Finding Nemo did it like, or like Toy Story did it like. I'm I'm I can buy into that no problem. There was one part of this that I just my like willing suspension of disbelief. I had to like just just tamp it down and be like, yo, it's a movie. Stop. Uh, And it was, um. Upon first meeting a snail, uh, guy tucks him into bed and kisses him goodnight and cares that much about snails. And I went, who cares this much about snails? Stop it, guy. And then I went, hold on. He has to do this. He has to care for the movie. But that was, like, the only part that I had a problem with. Like, the rest of it, like, fine, there's a fast snail. Whatever. It's a funny movie. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll live with it. I mean, I don't know if... I don't know if there, if a different time in history, if I watch this, I would enjoy it more. But I, I've been in, like, dark stuff's going on in the world, guys. And I, like, this... Marie Kondo says, like, if this doesn't bring you joy, don't don't go with it. Like, this just brought me no joy. Like, there, there weren't really... Like, the jokes fell flat for me. Like, it's fine that you like it. Like, I I just didn't. And I, we, I can... Try to talk to why, but well, it's weird. I think you and I had the opposite reactions to these movies. Like, yeah, I think like you were like, "This doesn't bring me joy. I'm done with it." These movies all felt like a warm blanket for me, and I was like, "Save me, DreamWorks. That's... Let me escape to your nice place." Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the thing with uh, the thing with DreamWorks in general is that like it, it, it's basic storytelling, and it's more basic storylines than what Pixar does. Yeah. And so it's very rare for me to find like a DreamWorks movie that I actually really like because of that. But this one itself, like the humor between Turbo and his brother, and then you have the humor with Turbo and the other snails. And then the way that the, all of those shop owners at that strip mall act like each, like there's, there's a relationship that's specific to each one of those different groups and each one of those groups to me, the humor there was just was uh, it was really funny. I mean, I don't, I didn't really see the, the cast is phoning that stuff in. Um, I mean, maybe some of like the lesser characters, like maybe some of the like background snails, but not like, you know. Okay. So this movie came out in 2013. (laughs) Yes. I Samuel Jackson's in the middle of doing all the MCU stuff. I don't know why he's a voice of a snail in this, except for they wanted Samuel Jackson in this and he did it for the paycheck. Um, Could you say that for almost any animated movie, though, for any actor that's yeah, working on a series? Can. No, you can. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of things that I want to talk about when we get into the other stuff, because... Um, the other parts but of the movie, other movies, other other movies, um, really co- comparing it to this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cause at least in one of them, I was able to, there was something else besides that log line. For me, this whole movie was just based on the idea of a snail in the Indy 500. And I, I wanted more like the relationship between him and his brother. Didn't really, grab me because i 
the whole time I'm picturing Ryan Reynolds and Paul Giamatti talking in real life. <laughs> and I'm like, they don't look like brothers <laughs> at yeah, all. But see, to me, I've seen this movie so much. And once I realized who, um, uh, is who the cast is, now that I watch this movie, I don't see them as their animated characters. Like, I see the actors saying these things at each other. And it e- makes even- it that much better. <laughs> I, I will say one, one of the highlights early on in the film and it just kept going throughout is Bill Hader's Ricardo Mondaban impression. <laughs> that was Bill Hader? That was Bill yes, Hader. That was what? Bill Hader. Not mad. Yeah. The indie driver. The French yeah, Canadian indie driver. That was Bill Hader. That was one of the things okay. that I want to talk to you guys about was this cast yeah. and like yeah. who was who because I didn't realize who the cast was or who all these people were until maybe like a couple months ago. Cause I never really cared to look and I never really looked at the, uh, I never really looked at the credits and I didn't really realize that like Ryan Reynolds was in this. Like I didn't realize that he was turbo until like a few months ago. And then that's when I actually decided to look up who was in this. And I was like, Oh, Oh, these are all people that you guys constantly talk about that. I'm always like who and and you guys have to tell me, you know, like where they're from or what characters that, you know, they've played. And I'm like, oh, I've got to bring this up to you guys. And so I knew the humor would get Devin. Oh, yeah. I was hoping that the cast would draw you and Alan because I knew that the whole racing thing wouldn't like would definitely turn you off to a point to it. Um, but I was hoping that the similarity because, I mean, to me, I was I was originally going to pitch this as. We've watched Lucky Logan that had racing in it. We've watched yeah. Chef that had a food truck in it. This has both. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention Ford v Ferrari. Exactly, right. exactly, exactly. I was I, I was trying to pull movies that you guys have had me watch though. Like that's why I didn't bring up V for uh, uh, Ford, whatever. Ford v Ferrari. I can't. <laughs> I can't, I can't yes, say two Fs right now for some reason. Ford versus Ferrari. There we go. I finally there got it go. out. But still, so like that's one of the reasons why I kind of pitched this movie was because mm-hmm. of like that to like connection between like what's in the film and then like the cast and then the humor. Because as soon as the first snail got picked up by the crow, I knew that Devin would be all over this. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I did like that recurring gag. I <laughs> liked that a lot. one joke that I really did appreciate because it just kept <laughs> happening. I think my favorite joke in the whole movie was the snail pit stop. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, when when Bill Hader's character pulled into the pit stop, I went, oh, the snail's cheating now because he doesn't have to pit stop. But he did. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact they put, like, an old brick cell phone under him and set it to vibrate. And I was like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. I did like how they all came in and, like, bashed their heads. And then the snail's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got this. <laughs> so, the, the, I guess there are things that I liked about it. Just overall, like, I... I I don't need to watch this movie again. <laughs> That's fine. It, That's fine. And I'm definitely not checking out the Netflix animated series on it. I haven't. I've I've already told I, I already told you guys about Disney stuff, about how I feel mm-hmm. about like offshoot stuff of like movies. So that's something that I still won't watch. I mean if okay. if they came out if they came out with a turbo two, which they definitely could have, I would have definitely watched that. I would just wonder if Chevy was gonna sponsor the movie like they did this last one. Because this because uh, yeah, this was almost a Chevy commercial. Almost. Yeah. I was wondering if it was directly sponsored by them. Because you've because was it you had the Camaro that he lands on and gets sucked in 
to uh, and gets sucked into the engine too. And then you've got all of the uh, Chevy sponsored uh, Indy cars at the race. And there was a few other like Chevys just driving around and they were the mm-hmm. only labeled car inside yep. the entire film, which th- they did a good job though. I mean, it was one of those things where I didn't really start noticing that until after a few times that I watched it. So that was good. I noticed Verizon I, more than Chevy at first. I didn't notice Verizon. I noticed AAA because I think a couple of them were wearing like AAA shirts, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." Well, well, actually, that's um, that's something that they do for indie. Um, oh, that AAA is a big sponsor. So, like the tow trucks that go out that like pick up the the wrecked cars, they're AAA mm-hmm. vehicles. That like grounded it a lot for me though. Like so that's watching accurate. the AAA, yeah, like watching the yeah. AAA tow truck go out, I was like. I've seen that exact tow truck in real life. That is really like a real thing. Yeah. And like, for some reason it really grounded the whole thing for me. Yeah. And that's one of the, like the whole, like uh, with, with the snails talking to each other, but not talking to humans. Like Mm -hmm. they didn't really like the snails talked to snails. They didn't really talk to anything else. Like even the crows, like they really talked to the crows. The crows didn't talk to them. They just controlled them to a little point because they beat them up. Um, and, and and the Beatles that were carrying Turbo off of the oh, like yeah. uh, 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 is at the one point they acted like actual Beatles like they didn't say sorry or anything they just scurried away so I'm thinking what they're uh, what they were doing was that a snail can talk to a snail and different species can like understand other species but mm-hmm. they can't communicate the other way that makes sense. <clears throat> So that's how I took that. The good old Chewbacca and Han dynamic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the Beatles should have said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about this. I, what, I f- okay, go ahead. What did you think of the my favorite pun in this whole thing was when they're going to work first thing in, uh, at the start of the movie. And Ryan Reynolds goes, we have to work at the plant. Oh, and they pull yeah. back and it's the tomato plant. <laughs> it's the a literal plant. I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I did have a note here that the, the shell crusher kid. Mm-hmm. Like, like he, I think part of what took me out of it he, is he was kind of like, a, hey, here's the design for Sid from Toy Story. Tweak it and put him on a tricycle. Like. <laughs> <laughs> What I what I uh, what I liked about the kid was that it he it, the the kid lines up for what that family is, and they don't give you a lot of clues on the kind of family. But the one thing that they do give you is that that there is a project car in the garage, and all of those tapes that Turbo watches of of all of the races he wouldn't have been the one recording all of that because he's a snail. He'd be too slow to get to the record and stop. It's the father or it's the older brother who lives in that house. That's working on that car. Who's the sports car fan and turbo Mm. just, just happens to be there. So the kid looking the way he does, it definitely does remind me of like a modern day Sid, but like, but with the hairstyle and like the blue uh, spike tips on the front and like the glasses, like, around 2013 you you'd be hard pressed to find like drivers in indy and formula one that didn't have that kind of hair so Um, there's a lot there that like fits 
for that character. I did like how their eyes acted as their hands for clapping. Yes. <laughs> that, the, the brother pulled himself up by his eyeballs once too. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. And then um, was it Turbo was beating his eyes against the TV because it wouldn't work yeah. like frustrated hands. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on Turbo before we move on? No, I liked it. I'd watch it again. This would be like a, it's like in the same level as like Shrek for me now. Like okay. when I liked it, not ironically. Okay. Okay. So I have a question for both of you before we move on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Alan, I'll start. I'll start with you because I'm not sure exactly the kind of answer that I'm going to get. <laughs> okay. Um, even though you, like you said, you really couldn't get into the film. What was your favorite part? Um, the asshole me just wants to say the credits. No, uh, <laughs> no, no. What I really liked was I liked the brother dynamic. Okay. There's a scene where the two sets of brothers are arguing at the same time. Yes. And, and then Paul G. Mouse is like, yeah, what he said. Like, <laughs> I like that scene because you have the two human brothers who run the taco truck. And then the two snails arguing about this race and how ridiculous it is because the whole thing's ridiculous. And I really liked how you had those two fights going on at the same time and then cutting back and forth. And then they sync up and it's like, yeah, what he said, like, listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that um, is probably one of my top five moments in, in the movie. So that yeah. definitely is a good, uh, good one. Devin, how about you? I this is gonna be like the dumb little kid in me coming out. That's fine. So here here goes. I like the montage of uh of Turbo just messing up catching tomatoes. <laughs> and like just you, you see him like try different things and they always find a way to mess up. And it's like it's such like a sight gaggy thing that like I should have just seen coming, but I just enjoyed every failed tomato. Yeah. And then, you know, of course he puts the the zero one on the one and races uh-huh. it and everybody starts chanting for him. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I had something like that happen to me in elementary school <laughs> where I got really into something. I didn't realize that people were watching. And then I had like three friends were like going, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. And I stopped because I got really embarrassed. So there's <laughs> so oh, that. No. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, so, uh, so those are your, your two guys favorite part. Um, yeah. mine, when it comes to this movie, uh, it has to be where any scene where he's discovering new parts of his abilities. Oh yeah. Where, where it starts off with him in the garage and his eyeballs turn to headlights and he's trying to yeah. figure out where the light's coming from. And then he like blinds himself. Cause he looks like in, <laughs> into uh into each eye all the way to yeah. the last time he finds something new which is when he has the backup noise is coming out of his shell and a light's yeah. blinking on his butt and he goes "Ooh, that's new so like everything yeah. <laughs> so yeah see i feel like all i feel that. like that stuff would have fell flat for me because i've just seen it and everything else um but when have you seen like, a snail I, I, a, <laughs> well not as a snail but like <laughs> Like Spider-Man learning his abilities and like shooting webs and by accident, like, Ew, what, where'd yeah. that come from? Uh, yeah, like that, that stuff just fell flat for me. But like for the audience that this is made for, like 
good for them. Like they'll, they'll get it. They'll appreciate it more than I did. All right. uh, I think that, okay. (laughs) I was going to say my wife's favorite part of this. Oh yeah. Is when the brother looks back at turbo and goes, Uh Oh, it's so exciting. A left turn, another left turn because he's being sarcastic (laughs) about it. Because whenever I'm watching something that has to do with racing, that's her reaction to it. Like she's like, whatever, watch it. Um, I'm not going to watch him drive in circles for four hours. <laughs> I mean, I've said those words, that exact sentence. Like, I've said that before to people a lot. My wife's reaction to this movie was, no, go ahead and watch that alone. I have no interest. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm not um, surprised because that's how I originally saw this movie. Yeah, that, mean, that's actually that's actually her reaction to all three of these because I watched them all by myself. Yeah. Uh, so Really? All of them? Yes. Uh, that's a shame. Um, I right, did so what too, do we want? so you're not alone. Okay, so what do we want to talk about next? Uh, if we want to go in chronological order, you want to do Megamind? Yes, do Megamind. I don't know right. what I don't know what chronological order we're going. Uh, in, re- release order. Oh, I guess I guess Turbo came out later, didn't it? Turbo came out before. Turbo came out in the middle, so we're kind of. Like, it did. Yeah. Oh dang. Well, okay. So let's go by episodes for the week. So it was Ryan's turn. Now yeah. it's your turn. Okay, perfect. So yes, let's do let's do Mega Mind. I had a fairly standard childhood. Ah! Hurry, there isn't much time. With parents who couldn't wait to get me out of the house. You are destined for greatness. That was a lot of expectation to place on an eight-day-old. Turns out another family in the Glaupunk quadrant had a very similar idea. Was the day I met Mr. Goody Two Shoes, and our glorious rivalry was born. Our battles quickly got more elaborate. You've fallen right into my trap. You can't trap justice. He would win some, I would almost win others. He took the name Metroman. I decided to pick something a little more humble Megamind. Incredibly handsome master of all villainy. All right, so Megamind, you're right, comes out here, came out in 2010. Uh, it is, uh, again, a DreamWorks film with another really great cast. I mean, we have Will Ferrell as Megamind. We have Brad Pitt as Metro Man. Tina Fey is the main love interest. Uh, Jonah Hill ends up being the bad guy. David Cross is the minion. And I'm currently on a rewatch of Arrested Development and just loved the fact that he was in this movie. Uh, and then you have Ben Stiller in there, too. So, like, it's like... The one thing I noticed is that, like DreamWorks gets great casts for these movies. Yeah, I had no idea. Like I, this is the second time I had watched it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea Ben Stiller and Justin Theroux were involved behind the scenes on this. Yeah, I didn't know either until I just looked it up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so to Alan's point, this movie has a tagline like two. The tagline to this one is "What happens if the bad guy wins?" Yeah. Or if the supervillain wins. I mean, that was the, more the point more of specifically, it. what happens if Lex Luthor beats Superman? Exactly. Because, I mean, this is this is a Superman parody. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, the intro to Megamind, in Megamind is what, what happens if Superman does his thing, but then also there's, like, an evil version of him, and he lands in a, you know, the evil version lands in a prison, and Superman lands in, like, a rich home. So, Devin, when was the first time you saw Megamind? I saw Megamind, I didn't see it in theaters because it went, pshaw, it's not <laughs> Pixar, because uh, I'm, I'm me. Um, I ended up seeing it in probably 2013, 2014, because my sisters loved the movie, 
and they went, oh my God, Devin, you like Will Ferrell. You're going to like this movie. And I went, no, I'm just going to go go back to hanging out in Hot Topic. And they went, no, you'll like this movie, Devin. And then I watched the movie and they were right. Don't you hate actually, it when that happens? Right? Yeah. Even I, I if you have, like it, there's something deep in you that really hates it when that happens. Believe me, I yep. understand. Yeah. Believe me, I understand. I, I find it hard to believe Devin was ever hanging out on a Hot Topic. Oh, it was a problem. Hey, yeah. I missed that comment. What? <laughs> <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. No, yeah. it, was a, it was a throwaway comment I made about how I don't want to watch the movie. I want to hang out in Hot Topic instead. Because I feel like this movie was a little bit like Hot Topic baity. was like, hey, guess what we could sell in Hot Topic? Here's some possible merch for you. Oh, his, his outfits. But, but, but I mean, we'll definitely get into that later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So when did you? So you guys both never saw this before? This no, I it? I actually saw it in theaters once. <gasps> did you? When it never came out, it. Uh, we went. Uh, a bunch of us in college went, and we're like, "Fuck it, it's it's a five dollar Tuesday. Let's go spend five dollars and see Megamind." Yeah, I think, I think my roommate at the time and I were both like Superman fans. We're like, this looks like a good parody of Superman, and it was. So we went to theater. I think we were we might have been the only people in the theater that night, but we saw oh. Megamind. So what did you all think? Uh, we'll start with Alan because he just gave a little bit of his opinion. I love this movie. Uh, yeah. This is probably I I I haven't seen it since I saw it in theater, so it's been ten years. Mm-hmm. But I've seen like bits and pieces of it here and there. But there, there's one thing in this movie that always makes me like think fondly of this movie because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic! This is amazing, and I'm we'll get into what that is later. But that's I just good. I like the idea that I like that they took the concept of what if Lex Luthor won, and then gave a story that both fans of the characters that they're parroting will appreciate. And something that people, kids who have no idea who these ki- these people are, what the story's making fun of, would appreciate. Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of humor in here for people who just are coming in blind, like not yeah. knowing anything. So that that's my take on it. Ryan, what'd you think? Before I knew who the cast was, like within the uh-huh. first 10 minutes, I'm like... This feels like a Will Ferrell movie. It's the first thing I thought <laughs> was like ten minutes into it. I'm like, this is a Will Ferrell movie, and it and it was it made me nervous because Will Ferrell is very hit or miss for me, and I typically like the movies that Will Ferrell fans kind of throw his movies off to the side. Like mm. I'm a huge fan of Blades of Glory. Oh. And a lot of Will Ferrell fans are like they they always talk about Talladega Nights and uh-huh. Step Brothers and you know other movies that he's done like you know like even they'll bring up Semi Pro before they bring up Blades of Glory and to wow. me Blades of Glory is probably his best work but that's just me personally but anyway so I had that feeling going in hmm I was gonna say it's a spandex isn't it. <laughs> no, actually it has to do with i feel i feel like they wasted a potential comic duo like dynasty with those two actors will ferrell and the guy who did napoleon dynamite i really feel like those two should have done more movies together i feel but, that's i feel like that's because john heater kind of stepped away from the limelight after oh yeah he i think he's mormon don't quote oh. me on that. Yeah, so I, have, I, I don't. 
I know that he stepped away. I just don't know why. Like he just poof, stop, stop, like stop showing up and stuff. He's shown up on a few podcasts. Uh, I I haven't listened to the one he did with um, Michael Rosenbaum, but I think they talk about it there. But he's still around doing like voice stuff here and there. But I I don't think he's like, I mean, he's living off that Napoleon Dynamite money. So yeah. And you know what? If that's all he does with his career is that and Blades of Glory, to me, he's in my own personal actor hall of fame because it's just two cornerstones of my humor. But anyway, plus, hmm? plus yeah. he's an, yeah. he's the inspiration for a Fortnite dance, so he's going to live forever. Oh, um, there we go. Okay, so so there's that. But um, so overall, I liked it. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever really just like go back to it, simply because there was a lot of moments where like either either the movie really got me or I got bored with it. And there Mm -hmm. would be like 10 minutes of the movie that I was like really into. And then it would be 25 minutes of just like, really? Those are the gags they decided to go with. And then it was 30 minutes of, Oh my God, this is hysterical. And then back to 10 minutes of really? Like (laughs) it was like, it, it was, I could definitely say that the people who made this movie this has got to be their favorite thing that they've ever made because I, because I really feel like there's a lot of niche humor in this and I'm not like, I'm not really the biggest Superman person. So maybe that could pull into it too. Like I got all of the, the jokes that they did, but I'm not that big of a fan of it to be like, Oh my God, that that's hysterical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I will say that watching this, there is a lot of weird, pacing stuff like the movie yeah. ends like three ends like three times because you're like <laughs> okay it's done oh wait no it's not here we go for another 20 minutes oh wait <laughs> here's another 10 oh and he and here's a michael jackson dance number like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um all right so that is the one thing i did like about this movie though i liked the soundtrack and i think i identified why i think anytime you put clo's mr blue sky into a song it always makes me go Oh, I like this soundtrack. Right, okay. Guardians? Okay, I've got a question about that. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys watch this? On my phone. On like, my what's, TV. What, what service? Amazon. Netflix. Wait a minute. I think no, I know Amazon, what you're talking about. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Okay. Um, did the ELL, ELO song sound weird to you? Oh, like, no. Like it was a cover? If, no. it was, if it was a cover, it was a good cover. Because I swear it sounded like it was Will Ferrell singing it. <laughs> I hope so. Um, and I thought maybe it was just because I was watching it on the uh, free with commercials version. That's what I was watching it too. So, and just to find out that next week, ne- next month, it will be on Hulu commercial free. Hang oh, on. Will it really? I, well, it'll be on Hulu. So I don't know how they oh, do movies with That's annoying. Will Ferrell. Whatever. Yeah, I'm looking it up, but yeah, I really like the soundtrack in this. And there was just there was a lot about this movie that I just appreciate a lot. Like, I liked the whole like, I I, I like the whole like, what is a good guy kind of thing? Like, what does it mean to do the right thing? Like, that was kind of like, I think of the three movies that we watched for this, this had the most kind of like moral deep question, and and had like a a little bit of more of a like morality through line than like turbo or boss baby did yeah i i think so too because you cause, and i think you get that just from the this movie has a good guy and this movie has a bad guy right 
I don't think you really have that in Turbo. Because, like, Bill Hader's racing guy, uh, racing con guy, um, con as in Star Trek, not as in con man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like he he's the he's the antagonist, but I wouldn't say he's the bad guy. It's not good versus evil. It's he's just it's a, a normal race car driver versus another race car driver. And the words are in the words of Rowan Atkinson in Rat Race. It's a nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but you no, know, you have oh. like you have Megamind dealing with the idea of being a villain or being a hero, and then how he goes from one to the other. Um, yeah, I I. I really enjoy that. that Although I am going to say, and I wonder how you guys feel about this. This movie starts with one of my movie pet peeves where the bad guys in the the middle of a thing. And he goes, wonder how I got here from there. We have to start at the beginning. And then like, it'll get to that part. And you're like, like, as you start, what could possibly be happening? And then you get to that part and he's like, Oh, surprise. I'm not dying. I had this trick the whole time. I'm like, okay, then why did we frame it? Like you were dying. Like, start where it begins like because the the like him narrating over his like growing up tale i think is is interesting enough to watch and is sad enough to watch because he's just a little kid that wants to do well and other kids suck and so does super super guy well so does like, the, well i mean so uh, so does society and this is one of my little things where it's like i had to i had to keep on reminding myself that it was a movie and that it was a dreamworks movie and they do this type of stuff in no universe I could ever think of, if a capsule uh-huh. would land in a prison, would they let the prisoners raise a kid? That's a good point. That's kind of he would have ended up in a foster system, and it would have been better for me if I was in charge of writing this story, or if I had like you know been able to come in and like say, "Hey, look, you you need to change two things." One of mm-hmm. those things would have been put him in a bad foster home instead of in a prison, because it would make more sense. Okay. I wonder if they were trying to avoid the whole foster system equals bad just line in general. Well, even well, just, well, I, I don't know, have, have him be homeless or, or, you know, like living in a homeless shelter or something. I don't know. Something here, other than having a little kid being raised in a prison. Here, Here's my take on it. Okay. So I think because he's an alien and looks like an alien, everyone at the prison fell in love with him and wanted to protect him from the government. So what do they do? They gave him a fake prisoner number. Keep him in the prison to keep him safe. I think that is why. Yeah. And he's surrounded by it's. It's like it's like the Kent's adopting Clark Kent out of the, and just hiding it. <laughs> you, Ryan okay, is not okay, like that answer. Okay. No, no, I don't because you just spent talking about Turbo about how you couldn't deal with a fast. You know the whole thing about like a snail winning the the, the, the Indy Five Hundred to making up a deal about conspiracy theorist prisoners protecting the alien. Because they're afraid of it. I being, didn't say it was you know, conspiracy theorists. I said it was they're that's protecting. That's who they are. If they're if they are protecting an alien from the government in the way that they're doing, that that equals prisoners who believe government will kill baby alien for dissection. <laughs> I'm I'm saying it's a reference to the Kents. Like that's what I'm saying. It's a reference okay. to Ma and Pa Kent. Like that's what I'm going for. It's not like they're like it's not. I'm not saying that they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. It's just a, it's a callback making fun of the thing that they're parroting. Okay. Just like well, then, Brad Pitt's character goes into the Wayne Manor and like, like yeah. he, gets, he gets the reverse origin story of Penguin at the beginning of Batman Returns. 
Good. <laughs> Instead of getting rid of the carriage, they get the carriage. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about what sold me on this movie and what has stuck in my mind with this movie the whole time. Okay. Um, it's the space dad. I knew it. I knew it was going to be Space oh, Dad. I hated Space Dad. You hated Space Dad? Okay, okay. I Let hated me, Space uh, Dad. I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Did you get the joke with Space Dad? What, the Godfather? It's not the Godfather. It's, You're it's so Brando. Close. You're close. It's Marlon Brando, they, yes. Yeah, they're making fun of Brando. Do you know why they're making fun of Brando? Uh, no, why? Okay. When I get my three-hour cut of Superman the movie, you're coming over <laughs> and we're watching it together. Marlon Brando played Jor-El in Superman the movie. They're oh. it's a stra- he's straight up doing Jor-El, and I love it because the Superman the movie, like the whole thing is, hello, my son. Like, like it's it's just it's Brando like phoning it in, like not giving a shit. Okay, and just, like that's what that's what the joke is. Like, if you don't know that, then it's gonna fall flat. And okay. I completely understand why you hate that. But, but that's not yes, why it fell flat. Because well, it's, it's, for you. it's Brando. So you 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 thought it was making fun of the Godfather. I just it's this. I didn't like that for the same reason why you didn't like the whole discovering Turbo's powers, because it's been done before. You've seen it before. Do you know how many I, times people have made fun of Marlon Brando and the way that he talked with 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 cotton balls shoved in people's mouths and people numb at the doctor's office and all these different things? That's why it fell flat, because I've seen it so many different times. And that that's fair. But yeah. I, as many times as I've seen I've seen Brando parodied, it's never been Jarrell Brando. Okay. It's always been Don Godfather Cole, Brando. Yeah, it's Godfather uh apocalypse now island of dr moreau like it's all of those it's never been jor-el and like i was in such a superman sweet spot when this movie came out because this was like the tail end of smallville uh christopher nolan was about to do superman i was like yeah like just give it all to me and like that like that just hit the spot for me okay well if it's just that specific character then kudos to the writers mm-hmm. for thinking that up i'll give that to them even knowing that and probably after seeing it i have already seen it so much okay that's my thing that's this is bring, this is bringing up a bigger yeah. issue ryan have you never seen superman the movie yeah i have okay i think we've talked about this okay it's been a long time since i've seen okay. the superman movies but i've seen them okay just wanted to make sure. I think we've had this conversation before. I think we do oh, this hey, probably I mean, about once a year. I think we do. It's important, though. This is an important conversation. <laughs> I just want to talk about Superman the movie, guys. That's fine. <laughs> so having the benefit of living in 2020, the movie now... So I'll, I'll tell you my bit, and I want to hear about from you, Alan. This is the second time I've watched the movie. I had really fond memories of this movie and was like, yeah, I like this a lot. I want to see if it holds up. And it mostly does. The part that bothers me is it feels a little like a proto version of Despicable Me. Because isn't that the same? Isn't that like the same, like the same company, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Despicable Me is Illumination. I don't. Okay. I'm not sure what the difference is there, but they're, they're it French. seems like it. Oh, okay. I mean, but like, I know that doesn't DreamWorks like, or uni- it's all under the universal banner, right? 
This one wasn't. I think this was still under um, DreamWorks as a studio. Oh, okay. But like, there just seemed like to be too much, like too many parallels there that I was like, oh, he's got minions and they're trying to be cute and that one's pink. Oh no. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Universal does do the Despicable Me and the Minions stuff. Uh, This one was a Pixar film, but it was released by Paramount. This was Um, a Pixar film. No, not Pixar. Uh, Dream, oh, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Sorry. Computer oh, animation. Okay. Uh, but it was released by Paramount. So oh, they distributed it. Um, got it. No, I definitely saw the parallels to the to it, too. Especially when uh, David Cross's character is named Minion. Yeah. I definitely picked up on that this time. But Despicable Me was two years after this, right? Oh, okay. So it was probably way in development before that then. Yeah. It's like Volcano and Dante's Peak. like <laughs> Deep impact on Armageddon. Like, it's the same right. thing. <laughs> Did you guys like David Cross's character? The minion? I, 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 I definitely liked it. Um, I definitely uh-huh. called him faking his death at the end because I'm like, this is a kid's movie. There's no way they're right. going to have him die. Like, that's not going to happen. And and when he threw him into the lake and he was like, oh, just being overdramatic. Like, it was like, yeah. That's Mega Mind. That's Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's, that's a joke that's the he movie. would do. That. Yep. That. That's him. But um, you guys were talking about the soundtrack before. Yeah. And this is gonna sound funny coming from me because I know that both you guys know about my music interests. Uh huh. I'm not a fan of ACDC. And Weird. I have a like. To me, that style of rock all sounds the same all of those bands from the late 80s like very very early 90s you know well some of them started in the 70s but still like they Mm -hmm. all sound the same and they're so overplayed that whenever i hear highway to hell or back in black like it just like i can mentally play the chords in my head before they happen and it's just lost all interest for me the one thing that i wish they did was i wish this whole thing was guns and roses because I feel like that would have fit Mega, Man, Mega Mind's character. Because Welcome to the Jungle, when they played it, was absolutely amazing. They are the yeah. one 80s metal band that I could listen to over and over and over again and not get tired. So I think part of the problem with Mega Mind was its timing. Uh, I just looked it up. Despicable Me came out in July of 2010. Oh, no. Uh, this came out in November. Oh An- no! Another movie that came out in 2010 in May also featured ACDC on the the soundtrack heavily. Any guesses on what movie that was? No, oh, Iron Man. Iron Man two. Iron Man two. Oh wow! Yeah, so I think I I think it was just bad timing for Megamind to come out. I feel like I feel like that's part of the re- like part of the reason this one didn't do as well as the other ones. Like yeah. They, out of the three we're talking about today, this is the only one that hasn't had any sequels or animated series that follow up after the, the movie. Which is a shame, because I would you could definitely get a series out of this. Bring in other villains. Right. There's a whole idea about a crime syndicate that they cut out of the film and just made Jonah Hill the bad guy, too. Oh. They could turn They can turn Jonah Hill into like a quasi-Joker character. Yeah. That he's so mentally and up from what happened. I mean, you could. Yeah. By the way, I can't get over his name. It's called Titan, but spelled like tightening something. And it 
I I love it. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that, but I'm obsessed with that. Is it really spelled that way? Yeah, it's because I read it. I mean, because oh, it, just, it is in my household. Everything has subtitles, so I'm just used to this with subtitles, and it's Titan, like T I G H T E N, and I think that's just amazing. That is pretty cool. I didn't I didn't realize that because I, I think they spell it out one at one point. Once he like yeah. burns it into the city. But wait, I want to that... hear about Ryan's uh, clothing thing. Oh, what I brought up in the chat, yes. Yeah, with the Black Mamba. So, the Black Mamba, like, I really didn't know what to expect from it. And when he first put it on, like, he's zipping everything up. um, And they put, like, the thing on him. And as soon as they did the eyeliner, I was like, oh, this is every high school goth kid's, like, wet dream. Like, this is, like, this outfit is what every goth kid had has ever wanted just the pure black leather just giant crown above the head um just all of that and then of course like at the end he's he's got like the dark royal blue and black like bodysuit on like it was yeah. just, it was cool i i like the outfits for him like that whole like the clothing you know fit for him mm-hmm. it just it fit and I just, I just, I just thought that was funny that just the, just the ad, like if it wasn't for the eyeliner, I wouldn't have even mentioned the whole goth thing. But as soon as Good. they added the eyeliner to it, that's when I was like, like oh, there it is. Hot topic right there. Hot topic. <laughs> yeah. That's one costume I don't have. So <laughs> <laughs> you got to get on it. All right. So I have one last question before we move on. Cause I know yes. we got to get moving on. Did you guys see the twist with um, Metro Man being alive the whole time? Did you guys see it coming? <laughs> Did you like it? Did you hate it? Thoughts on it? I saw that coming a mile away. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I want to say I saw it coming, but I feel like when I saw it in theaters, it kind of caught me off guard. It's like, I don't think he's really dead, but I, I don't think I expected him to be there like that. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't expect I, Music Man. I did like the reveal, the reveal that he's alive. Um, yeah, I think that's something that, like, again, for kids, kids aren't going to put that together that he's not really dead because mm-hmm. the hints are there. Like the copper doesn't affect Titan. It, uh, and then they go to the place with the eyes. They're like, oh, yeah, he's definitely here. Yeah, I, I don't I think it caught me off guard the first time I saw it because, like, I wasn't trying to overanalyze it. And I was just like, all right, DreamWorks, you're going to tell me that he's dead. I'm going to believe he's dead. Um, I, Yeah. Yeah. No, to me. They killed him way too early. They killed the character mm-hmm. way too early in the movie. Um, the way that he said Copper, it, it was the way that he said it. Like, yeah. I'm watching it. I'm sitting down. I'm watching the movie. And they go back to the video. And he's like, oh, Copper's my weakness. And then Megamind's like, really? It is? And I'm <laughs> like, and I, and I was like, okay, no, this is definitely, this is definitely fake. Something's going on. The entire movie, I was waiting for him to just pop back up and it to be some like mental game that he was playing. Because to me, it went all the way back to the very beginning about Mm -hmm. how both of their planets were destroyed and they were on neighboring planets. And he didn't hear what the last thing his parents said. And it wasn't the fact that he was supposed to be evil. Maybe things were reversed. Maybe, you know, the Superman character was supposed to be evil and he was supposed to be the good one. Or maybe Mm -hmm. or... Or, you know, maybe that their societies were best of friends and they were supposed to work with each other or something along those lines. And he became evil 
and the Superman character discovered all of this as 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 an adult and wanted, you know, that to happen. I was not expecting him to just be like, I don't want to be a superhero anymore. <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't expecting that. But I do have to say the one thing that held this movie together for me was mm-hmm. Tina Fey's character. If if it was yeah. not for her and the one liners they gave her, case in point hey girls you're both pretty you can stop fighting like comments like that if it wasn't for her and her character and those type of comments i don't think i would have liked this movie as much here's a hot take tina fey's parody of lois lane is the best on-screen lois lane that we've gotten in years (laughs) because that's what lois lane should be like she should be the smart ass like sticking up for herself and that's what she is in the comics. And like in Smallville, she had a bit of that. But we haven't really seen that in Man of Steel or Justice League. Or That's a shame. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. really know her aside from like the, the crossovers that we watched. And like, yeah. Yeah. So we I'm definitely not... definitely didn't get that in uh, Superman Returns. Because no. all you get is her standing up to Lex Luthor and going, wrong! Like, it's just. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh... I mean. As a kid, I watched those original Superman movies and I know her being more like more standoffish, you know, being more, of yeah. her, you know, like, you know, it's like being more of like a wit, you know, and like having these comebacks and everything mm-hmm. that Tina uh, and then everything that her character was doing in the movie, like felt right. It was like all of this craziness going on. And here's the one sane person who's stuck in this city that needs to deal with it. And just making these stupid comments is just a blow off valve. Like, that's just the way that I saw it. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was like, I wasn't sure if I was going to like the movie and they're going back and forth. And then Tina Fey's character goes, you're both pretty girls. You can stop fighting when they're going back and forth. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. As long as she's like this, <laughs> as long as she's like this through the rest of the movie, I'm fine. <laughs> so, yeah. so. All right. Is that all we've got on Megamind? I think so. All right. So uh, moving on. Grab your cookies, boys. We're about to talk about some boss, baby. <laughs> the Templetons were making plans for their newest edition. What the damn? Meet your new But this baby has other plans. We babies are having a crisis. Babies aren't getting as much love as we used to. Behold our mortal enemy. Puppies. Aww. No! DreamWorks, the boss baby. Put that cookie down. Cookies are for closers. All right, so my pick for this week uh, with the triple feature was DreamWorks, the boss baby, uh, starring Alec Baldwin and Steve Buscemi. Um, This movie is pretty much what if a baby was a businessman who sounded like Alec Baldwin. One One thing that separates this movie from the other two instead of being just a log line idea of what if Lex Luthor beat Superman or what if a snail could race this is actually based on source material this is based on a children's book oh really called called the boss baby yes um i picked it so the only okay i have a confession to make before we get into this too much i did not rewatch this movie for tonight's episode oh that's okay um and i'll tell you why I watched this movie the when it first came on Netflix because I was just curious enough and unemployed enough that I had the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had enjoyed the trailers. The 
as as we talked about on the Jay and Silent Bob reboot episode, the um the uh, coffees for closers bit gets yeah. me every time. When I heard the cookies are for closers, I was like, okay, I want to check this out. And then when it was on Netflix, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this because why not? I watched it that one time. It's like, okay, I saw that. Don't need to ever watch it again. My niece was around two years old at that time. Love this movie so much. I, I have seen this movie more than any other movie released in the last five years because of her. Yeah. Anytime she'd come over, anytime I would babysit with her, she wanted to watch the boss baby. And I enjoyed the movie the first time and it wanes on me a little bit after the 20 other times that I've seen it. <laughs> I'm sure. But luckily they came out with the, the TV shows. Like, okay, we get a little bit of a break from it now. Like, like it's something different. It's the same characters, but it's like a different storyline. Um, but I enjoyed this movie. There's a lot in it for kids. There's some stuff in there for adults too, which we'll get into. Um, but I'm really curious to he- like I've I've been threatening Ryan with this since it came out. Ryan, I'm dying to know what did you think of the Boss Baby? In no way is Boss Baby and Turbo on the same level when it comes to like there's like I I'm personally insulted that I said Turbo and your first thought was Boss Baby. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Like, I, but anyway, besides that, my true feelings about this film is that I wasn't expecting, I was not expecting to get, uh, to get, uh, uh, to get, um, I wasn't expecting to find out what Phoebe would be like as a mom. (laughs) Okay. That's a good answer. I I really was not expecting to get a continuation from a friend's character. But anyway, um, I didn't like it. I'm never probably going to watch it again, but I liked it enough, though, to have fun talking about it. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with Turbo. Like, I yeah, like I had fun talking about it, like talking about it brought up stuff that I did like. Yeah, as much as I, I could say at the beginning, I hated this movie. I didn't hate it. I just, I'm never going to watch it again. So, um, Devin, what did you think? I liked it. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, but like if somebody was like, hey, Devin, I'm going to watch Boss Baby and there's nothing you can do to change my mind. Would you like to watch it too? I'll, I'll do it. Like if Romana really has a hankering for some like baby Alec Baldwin, I'll join. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where the movie the title of the movie and the premise make it sound like that sounds like a really dumb idea, but then you get into it and they have a Beatles song. Yeah. They have a lot of like Alec Baldwin is just having a ball playing this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get Toby Maguire as the narrator. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why I hold it so high. Comp- because the uh, last time I had Tobey Maguire as a narrator was in the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, so I mean, like I, I feel like when I, then when cinema sins did the video, like the, one of their bloopers at the end was just, um, who am I? Do you really want to know? Like just his narration <laughs> of Spider-Man instead. Um, 
So I had no idea. What the, that was Toby Maguire? Yeah, I just I just looked it up now. I had no idea that he was the that he was the um, adult seven year old. Fun fact. Pretty sure this is the last thing he's done. Yep, this is the last thing that he did. Oh, Toby Maguire, um, come back. Uh, here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, here's hoping Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, directed I by Sam Raimi. mind if that happened. They, they've got to be setting that up. That's why J.K. Simmons. Okay, this whole thing is to talk about Doctor Strange. This is all a big, giant setup. <laughs> We're talking about Doctor Strange 2 and speculate. I think they're bringing in the Howard the Duck from the 80s. No. Oh, man, that would be cool, too, though. I would be mad. No, they're going to um, bring in all of the characters from the 70s TV shows. I'd be okay with that. Same costumes. Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Yeah. Same costumes. Just yeah. dust off the 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 yellowing clear plastic uh, 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 on the visors and just put them on. Just put them on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So seriously, let's talk about the boss yeah. baby. Let's get let's get down the to to business. Business. All right. So Devin, what were some of your favorite bits of this movie? I loved, loved, loved the Elvis bit more than. I should have ever loved the Elvis bit where um, all of the fake Elvises uh, were getting on the plane to Vegas. And then they had the conversation (laughs) at the gate where they spoke entirely in Elvis lyrics with translations at the bottom. Oh man, did I love that? (laughs) I went through an Elvis phase when I was younger and I just, I I loved it. I completely forgot that was a bit. (laughs) so good. Ryan, how about you? I hate Elvis, so no, I'm not going to say that. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I'm not an Elvis person. But anyway, uh, my favorite bit, I got to think about this because there's a few. Um, I'm really sad that you hate Elvis. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to get a room at the Heartbreak Hotel now. Thanks. There's, <laughs> I'll explain after we're done recording because it's, it's okay. heavy. So I'm not about to bring that up here. Um, okay. But Anyway, uh, yeah, we, we can go into the, we can go into detail about it later because it we can't really rush into it. Fools rush in, so let's not do that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, I don't know. It's tied. It, it it's it's got to be where damn it. There's. There is a lot of stuff in this movie that I laughed at that I really thought was funny. Um, but I'm going to go with, because I can't really pick anything apart at the moment, has got to be where he, where the seven-year-old is trying to get the cassette tape back from the babies in the backyard. Okay. And yeah. he's being dragged uh, by the back of, by the, by the back of the pedal car. And... Mm-hmm. And they make it look like he's like really getting hurt, getting bounced off the ground. And then Phoebe looks out the window and he's just being slowly dragged across the grass. <laughs> and then it cuts back to him getting pulled in the backyard again, going like 40 miles an hour. I thought that was funny. Uh, my favorite bit that's not the cookies for closures is um, it's not even a bit. It's just a one line joke when they're in Vegas and they drop uh, the seven year old and the baby at the co- uh, the co- Convention center, and he's walking in with this giant tree. He's like, Whoo, this is a weird taste in iced tea. <laughs> Pe- I remember that people of Long Island sure don't know how to make an iced tea. <laughs> yeah, 
I was like, wow, they're actually giving a seven-year-old alcohol in this kid's movie. Okay. Um, there was a yeah. couple times in this movie that, like, I would laugh, and Romana, who wasn't watching this movie with me but was in the same room, would go, what are you laughing at? And then, I don't know why I did this, but I felt the need to explain the plot up until this point, tell the joke, and then tell her why it fit into this joke. And, like... Saying the plot of this movie out loud is bananas. Like in a way that I I've never explained. I was like, well, there's a bunch of babies that live in the sky and they work at Baby Co. and or Baby Core, and then there's something called Puppy Co. and Puppy Co. and Baby Core, a rival company. And like, I don't know why I needed to do that, but it was insane. So one thing I do appreciate about this movie right from the get-go is the uh the montage of the babies like in the factory yeah and just, just the cheek to cheek as you see there them getting diapers on yeah like okay yeah. i appreciate a good i appreciate a good pun right off the get-go Let, let's get into this alec baldwin come on <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh and if Devin, if they ever if you ever do that again and just they don't care at all at the end just be like boom the aristocrats <laughs> <laughs> i should though um I'm trying, I'm trying to think of other things I liked about the movie. I really liked the use of the Beatles song and it made me reappreciate Blackbird because I keep forgetting that's a song and then I hear it and love I, it again. Okay, I, we, need, we need to clarify. It's not the use of a Beatles song. It's the use of the first verse of a Beatles song because they never go by that because they had budget limitations. Really? If you go back oh. and watch it again, they never go past that one that one verse. Yeah. Wow. It, that song... It, um, when Kristen and I went to go see Paul McCartney and Hershey a couple years ago, which was amazing, by the way, he was only supposed to play for two hours and he played for three and a half and he played like 80 songs. It was amazing. He actually, cause I, 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 I never knew the background to that song about what Blackbird was about. Paul McCartney and one of the other Beatles, I forget who it is at the moment, um, were watching news updates and the BBC was covering race riots in our country in the South during that same period. And they wrote that song as a tribute to the freedom fighters or to the freedom writers that were going down South and dealing with all of, you know, and, uh, and trying to get things fixed. So the use of that song and the way that they did it, was amazing to me because the way that I see it is that that kid, that character is going to grow up thinking that this song was from, you know, from his parents to him is like his song. And that eventually he's going to learn about what it's about. And there's such a heavy weight on that song. Yeah. And I loved that. That's one of the few things that I was like, I can't hate this. Like, I love this part. Like, I love the fact, I love the fact that, 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 that they worked in the song that they did and you know, how, uh, and how they used it. The, just, just to clarify, the other Beatle was John Lennon. Okay. okay. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, John <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I couldn't remember if it was George or Ringo. That he was sitting with when they wrote the song. That's why like, it's nice that you thought yeah. it was a Ringo song. <laughs> Partly him. Besides, there are songs of his that that, that are good. Yeah, I, I can't no, remember I, the names of them I, at the I, moment. No, I, li- I like I like Ringo. Um, yeah, I, I just every time I hear 
somebody talk about a Ringo song, I just think of the Family Guy bit. Oh, look, Ringo wrote a song. We're going to put it right here on the fridge. (laughs) We'll we'll see it every day now. Uh, um, Yeah, I enjoyed Boss Baby. Um, The casting for the cartoon's weird because they um, couldn't afford Alec Baldwin, surprisingly. Oh, no. Yeah. Who do they Um, get? Is it like Chet Baldwin, his brother? No, they didn't. They didn't go full to Toy Story and do that. Oh, he died in the U.S. Canadian War. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. <laughs> Took me a second. I'm not upset. <laughs> um. So hold on. I I had a a question about that. So Boss Baby isn't there even a sequel to this? No there there is a TV series on Netflix called The Boss Baby Back in Business. So how is he back in business? Because like canonically, he gets reborn. He goes to the family, and he's not a boss baby anymore. He's okay, a baby so, baby. So it's it does that weird thing that animated series based on movies does, where it kind of just ignores anything that happened in the movie. For example, <laughs> if you remember back to the 90s, there was a Free Willy animated series. What? Yeah, yes. there was. There was. There was there was a Free Willy animated series where one, Free Willy is still no is not free anymore. Like he might live in like the cove and he comes back, but they're still all friends. But more importantly, he talks. What? <laughs> yeah. Who um, wanted this? Uh, Devin. Hi, I'm Alan. Have we met? I'm so <laughs> offended by this movie. This cartoon. Devin. Um, it was what? the nineties. It was the 90s. We had land sharks in the 90s. We had SWAT cats in the 90s. We had, we had street sharks in the 90s. Not land sharks. We had street sharks. Street Did it sharks, at least have the sharks. Michael Jackson song? The, the Michael Jackson song? No. Oh, wait. It was TV rights. No. It was close to it. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. Oh, no. I hate it. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you guys. But Hold yeah. On. There's a Free Willy cartoon board game. I I need it. I never knew I needed it, but I need it. Oh, and the bad guy is in a, a person with a metal claw for an arm or a, leg, a hand. Yeah. See, yeah. Free, Free Willy goes into a list of movies that I loved watching as a kid that I can't stand watching anymore. I can't watch it anymore either, honestly. I... <sighs> Free Willy has such a special place in my heart. I haven't tried to rewatch it, but I might. I've been getting that urge lately. I wonder so. what that looks like now. Like in, in this age of Blackfish, I wonder what like. Well, I mean, he frees them. I mean, he basically yeah. does what all these people like the whole Blackfish thing wants to do. So if anything, it was it was ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean. So I think it would age really well, but I tried watching that a few years ago and I just can't like, it's the same thing with rookie of the year. Like I used to watch that movie constantly and I, I can't get through the first 10 minutes of it anymore. But anyway, boss baby. Oh yeah. Boss baby. (laughs) No, this whole thing was a ploy to just bring up free Willy, the animated series. (laughs) Uh, Good. We need to plug that as often as possible now. Yes, uh, we're going to do a whole podcast on it. We're going to watch the whole series before next week. Is it on Disney Plus? I feel like it's a Disney Plus. I just sent you guys the link to the first episode on YouTube, so we can definitely oh, do something man. on it. If okay, we I'm want watching to. it. Not watching um, it. Yeah. So I don't really have much else on Boss Baby. I mean, it okay. was. It, here's the thing: it was a fun movie. Um, 
my problem with some of these movies is that they don't have the same kind of emotional through line that the Pixar, Pixar movies have. But they're still fun movies. No, and I think that's something we can definitely talk about. Ryan, what, what did you oh, yeah. say? Oh, yeah. No, so, like, even though I said what I said about, like, not like not liking it, but still, like, it was still good enough that I can have fun, like, talking about it. Mm-hmm. The, stuff, the stuff that I did like about this movie was the fact that they really ingrained uh, the baby with all of these, like, generic management quotes. And how like businessy he was because I kind of related to that to a point because when I was with Walmart, they had these things like a few years before I left. They had these things called Academy stores where they were like it was just it was a normal Walmart. So if a customer went in, you wouldn't know anything else was different about the store than any other store. But in the back, there were classrooms like legit college tech, like uh, college level technology classrooms where they were like whiteboards and tablets and screens. And it was how to be a manager in retail. And they went over everything and everything that Alec Baldwin was talking or Alex, but what's his, which, which Baldwin is it? Alec, Alec, Alec Baldwin um, was saying about like all these different things about like, you know, when he was telling all these management quotes to the kid, when he was on the bike, trying to get him to like not hit things, like I, I've heard all of those quotes and yeah. I've, and I've even used them. Like I wanted to be an academy trader where I was at the store and I taught other people how to be managers because I did that with boy scouts. When I was in scouts, I taught how, you know, other kids my age, how to be leaders. So it was something that I could do and I was working my way to that. So the whole, like him talking about business and, you know, being, you know, doing this and doing that. And my favorite line of the whole thing was when the kid's looking through all the files and the boss baby is putting and the the kid goes, why aren't you looking? And he said, I'm busy. I'm delegating. I was like, yes, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. (laughs) So there was that. Um, I love that whole aspect to it. And I really Mm -hmm. liked the parents and like the way that they would relate to him and like everything that was going on. The whole brother thing, like the whole like having a sibling and the sibling rivalry and then eventually wanting the brother like I'm I was the only kid, so I never had to deal with any of that. So I can't really relate to that. I I will say I will say quickly, um, the niece who watched this all the time now has a little brother. And I I don't know if she's just watched it so many times that she She's just like, okay, I'm going to just lean into this and be as nice as possible. She's being the best big sister that she can. Like Aww. every, every day I get pictures of her just like trying to make him stop crying and like talking softly. Like, it's okay, baby. Like it's, it's adorable. I, I love it. And maybe we have boss baby to thank for that. Maybe it's just my niece is a sweetheart. So hey, if, hey, if this movie prevents even one older sibling from being a jerk to a younger one, then good for this movie. Yeah. That's how I see it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we just watched three DreamWorks movies back to back. What are our takeaways on DreamWorks overall? Do we have any? So I kind of buried the lead on mine a little bit, but, 
I, I like them. I like them a lot. They're very fun movies. I don't think I'd put them up there with Pixar movies. And because Pixar movies always do something special. They do two special things for me. The first one is that they'll address a very adult issue in a very upfront way. And I love that. Um, the other thing they do is they, they give each one of their main characters a lie. And they let that character believe that lie all the way up until the emotional core of the movie. And it usually happens about three-fourths of the way into the movie or, you know, between act two and act three is is when that character stops believing that lie. And that moment always hits so freaking hard. And I like that a lot. And and maybe maybe I just secretly like crying at movies. Maybe that's my thing. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I watched Onward. Onward made me cry. I watched Coco. Coco made me cry. I watched, I don't know, Up. Up made me cry, like, eight times. Like... And I, I think that Pixar is definitely missing that, but I think that it's just not what Pixar is going for. I think Pixar is going for fun movies that they can only tell through the medium of animation, and that's why they're doing it. You mean DreamWorks. You said – Yeah. What did I say? You said you Pixar. You said Pixar. Twice. Oh, I, meant, I totally meant DreamWorks. <laughs> I think DreamWorks is going for – that's how ingrained I am with Pixar. It's such a problem. Okay. So I'm going to boil it down to a, a very simple way of putting this. Okay. Pixar makes films. DreamWorks makes movies. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, and, and the way I look at that is okay. The way the way I see it is, Pixar is in it for the art. Like they're trying to to tell the the best story they can that with themes and meaning, and they want to get they want to pull at your heartstrings. DreamWorks is really focusing on the entertainment value where you get all these A-list casts. They're going for the popcorn effect. Like They want the all-star cast. They want to tell a story that's going to sell toys. They're going to be able to do the Netflix animated series spinoff and keep going with these characters and tell these other stories. It's it's a marketing ploy. Whereas Pixar, you don't really get that. Yes, we have three three or four Toy Story movies now and a bunch of shorts and... But like you don't have Coco the animated series on Disney Plus, right? We're getting we're getting the Monsters Universe Mar- Monsters Inc animated series, which I'm okay with because Are we? that, yeah. Oh, yeah, they got Goodman and uh, Billy Crystal back too. Please tell mad. me it's upset. their life between getting hired to where the first movie begins. I Please think tell me the, it's. I think it's them running Monsters. Think, I, think. Oh, I so want to see them as as like mailroom clerks and like, you know, running errands and being all, you know, you know, like working their way up. Like, I want to see all of that. Well, anyway, you don't get you don't get a uh, Ratatouille, <laughs> the animated series. Right. Um, but uh, like, I think their their approach to filmmaking is different. Like DreamWorks is going for. The market value of a movie. Pixar is going for the artistic value. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, the, yeah, I've heard I think, in Pixar movies that every movie they do is they try to do something new in every movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that in, in, in DreamWorks as much. I think also there's a lot of bankroll behind Pixar compared to DreamWorks. So I think there is that as well. Um, another, uh, another, another, another thing too, that I would say is I think Shrek, the argument can be made that Shrek ruined DreamWorks. Do tell. Okay, so Shrek comes out, monstrous hit. I mean, hell, the movie I Am Legend 
that they did with Will Smith. Yeah. Like part of the cornerstone of his like, you know, upset I lost my family, part of his character is the fact that he watches Shrek every day because his kids watch Shrek every day. Forgot about that. So, I mean, Shrek was everywhere for a long time. And I feel like DreamWorks was, I feel like the upper people at DreamWorks was like, hey, look, we've got this film. It made us a ton of money. You know, this thing, you know, we've got to try to do stuff like this. So they look at their animation style. They are slow compared to Pixar when it comes to their like quality of their animation. So a lot of money gets put in for the cast and then they put out money for music and they just make it. And I feel, and I feel, and I feel like this whole thing about how they make their movies started with Shrek and with, and with Shrek being the success that it is. Cause how many sequels did they make? Five? I think or four. I think it's five. No, they made, okay. It's Shrek, Shrek two, Shrek the third, Shrek ever goes, after, right? Shrek goes forth, and I think Shrek Five is ever after. Because those later, those last two did not do as well as like the first two combined. And I feel like even though they didn't do that well, DreamWorks still saw, hey, look, we still made a lot of money uh, as off these last two movies. We can just put out, you know, I don't want to say subpar, but but you know, we can put out stuff that's just passable. And it'll be fine. And occasionally they get lightning in a bottle. For me, that was Turbo. For Devin, that was Megamind. Alan, I'm not going to say Boss Babies for you, <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, but but um, but I feel like that's kind of the thing. I mean, Pixar, it's like every film is great, and in DreamWorks, it's like once every five years they make something that a few people really like. Okay. Well, I think it looks it, like there will be a fifth Shrek movie. I saw that. Not yet. Yeah. Well, I think it plays a lot to uh, so I I don't know if he's still on the board of directors, but one of the people that started up uh, DreamWorks is Jeffrey Katzenberg, who worked Mm -hmm. for Disney before he worked for before he started um, DreamWorks. And Katzenberg's mentality was we are never going to go for the home run movie. We don't need to go for the home run movie. We need to go for singles and doubles because singles and doubles are what keeps the studio afloat. If we keep trying to hit for the homer, we're going to fail more times than we hit it. Let's just go for singles and doubles. And I feel like these movies are singles and doubles. They're good movies. They get you on base, but they're not homers. That's a good baseball analogy. That was perfect. And I, and I completely agree with you on this because there was a, a, uh, there was an animator that worked at Disney in the seventies and eighties who left. And this animator Mm -hmm. is responsible for movies like the secret of Nim, um, uh, Thumbelina, troll at central park, uh, Pebble and the Penguin. Like there were a lot of these animated movies that weren't Disney, that were done by a different studio from this one artist or producer who didn't want to do everything that that wanted to do other stuff that Disney didn't want to do, and he left. And his animation is so unique that you can pinpoint it. And mm-hmm. um, and I I feel like uh, I I feel up until Devin, you just said that I always felt like there was a similarity between that guy and what mm-hmm. DreamWorks is doing recently. And that yeah. just cements it. So we had a traditional artist cartoonist in the eighties and nineties who left Disney, who made movies that are cornerstones to a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. I said, like 
Kristen, she loves Thumbelina. She loves Troll in Central Park. Like, like it's like these were her quote unquote Disney movies as a kid, even though they weren't mm -hmm. Disney movies. They were still animated films that she watched. You're going to have people like that with DreamWorks. You're going to have kids growing up whose favorite movies are, you know, Turbo, Mega Mind, and Boss Baby. And it's not going to be Coco, um, Finding Dory, and uh, Up. Right. I mean, you're going to have that. I just, I just really like that similarity. I don't yeah, remember I, I know. the I, guy's name, but yeah, I completely agree. I forget his name too, but I know, I know who you're talking about, and I know what you're talking about. I think he was behind Titan AE, which is one of my favorite like alternative animated sci-fi movies. It's a good movie. Oh, isn't I love that the it. reason we got? Isn't it the reason Creed became a thing? No, Creed, <laughs> it might no. be. Creed was a thing before Titan AE. Titan AE is a good movie, but it was not that good. It was not good to. It was not good enough to make a band. Okay. Creed was a thing right. because it was the late '90s, early millennium. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to talk about on our triple feature? This was fun. Give me more kids movies to, to help me wrap in my little my little safety blanket. <laughs> I enjoyed this way more. When you guys told me three movies, I was like, when am I going to get to see three movies? And like when I was doing this, I was like, three's not enough. I, I gotta, I kinda, I'm sorry, Alan, you go first. Part, part <laughs> of me thinks that I kind of like this format. Like I kind of want to keep playing with it, but we can I think we should come back and do another triple feature while everything's weird. Like, I feel like this is something yeah. we should do again. Find another three movies that go together in a weird way, a different way. Like, not a trilogy of movies. Like, we're not going to watch, like, I don't know. What's a famous trilogy? Star Wars. We're not going to watch the Star Wars trilogy and then compare and contrast. Right. But, well, um, but no, I feel like we should do this again. Ryan, what were you going to say? I totally forget what I was going to say. Oh, now oh, no. I remember. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the the next movie I'll be picking for you guys to watch is completely opposite of Turbo. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm gonna, good. I'm going so to give Ryan a challenge. Pick a movie that has nothing to do with a sport. No, yeah. <laughs> and besides, hey, 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 if you, if, if you look at my track record, I really haven't had you guys watch a lot of sport movies. It's, it's just been recently that we've run into a lot at once. That's it. Yeah, because it, it was The Sandlot. It was Ford v. Ferrari. What was your one before that? I don't remember. Before that. Uh, at one point, we watched Logan's Run. Was that was that the, the that one was before me. that? that yeah, I know that was, was you, but was that before that or was there one between? I feel like there's one between. I don't I'm even bringing know. up Podbeam right now. Okay. All right. So while while Ryan's doing that, Devin, next week is your turn. Because even though we went full circle and <laughs> it would be Ryan's turn again, next week is your turn. What are you going to have us watch? We have a choice. All right. Okay. Um, both are easy to watch um, and are pretty readily accessible. And I want you guys to pick which one it is. Uh, okay. It is between Baby Driver and Parasite. Baby Driver. Baby Driver? Oh, I want to do both. <laughs> I want to do both, too. That's why I didn't um, like why I'm letting you pick. Hang on. I is Parasite, Parasite available now? Par Parasite's on Parasite's Hulu. Parasite's on Hulu. I know, but I've waited to see Baby Driver for ever since it came out. I love both movies. I have no preference. I, you two fight amongst yourselves. How about this? Well, well, okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. 
We just did an Edgar Wright movie. Do we want yeah. to hold off or do we want to do another one because it's so close? I'm okay with either. Just bringing that up. And I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to assume he directed a movie we just watched recently. Sc- going... Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with doing the same director so close together. I mean, that's me. You guys know how I feel about that. <laughs> so, Devin, it's up to you. So, <laughs> All right, then you know what? Since Ryan was so on it on on uh, Baby Driver, let's do Baby Driver because I know Parasite's going to come up again. And whatever movie, if if it doesn't come up like in this round, I'll make I'll you t- watch the next one. You know, here I'll tell you this: like we'll yeah. do Baby Driver for you next week, and then the week after is going to be Parasite for me. Good. That's, All right. So. That's what I was going to suggest before you brought up the, the, the director's name. Like I was going to be like Alan, just bring up Parasite next. Parasite is going to be my next one anyway. Good. So. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's how the movies have come out. Uh huh. So before Turbo, it was Sandlot, mm-hmm. and then before mm-hmm. Sandlot, it was Ford versus Ferrari. So that is four, three sports movies technically, yes. you know, okay. in a row. But then it was RoboCop. Then it was Space Odyssey. Then it was Logan's okay. Run. And then, yeah, it, it, it's got Dem- Demolition Man. Um, do you think you can go three on, three off with sports movies? Like, can you do three movies in a <laughs> row that don't have to do with sports? Well, yeah, until July. That's uh, 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 when the All-Star break was going to be is going to be when the next sports movie I'll have you guys watch is. Okay. Okay. That's already been planned in my head. Like I wasn't expecting to have three sports movies in a row. Like I wasn't planning that. Yeah. No, and that's fine. Devin didn't expect to have two Edgar Wright movies in a row. No, but I think he's my favorite director and I really want to explore that. Now that like, that's like something I'm trying to to figure out. I'm excited for it. Now I need to figure out my trend. Damn it. Good. Okay. All right. I think that does it for You Have to Watch This Podcast this week. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and leave a rate and comment. Like, give, give us a review. Why not? Like, Just let us know what you think. Um, make sure to follow us wherever, you're li- wherever you listen to your podcast so you stay up to date with our latest episodes. Um, we have some bonus ones dropping soon, possibly. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. If you have any comments, feel free to email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com uh, for you. For you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Donkey. <laughs> hey, you're an all star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get